is London Calling. London Calling. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Um, Tobes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, James. Although I have to say, those are not words that I <laughs> have much conviction <laughs> over. <laughs> um, but before we get on to that, I've got to, I've got to find out, how was your, your... Chris, when did we last speak? I think we, well, we, we had one week off, didn't we? So it would have been not last Monday, but the Monday before. Which is, I'm just going to check my calendar. I want, I want to see how much, how much we've missed. Um, yeah, so okay, we'd so have done our last podcast on the 19th. So we've had a whole yeah. Christmas fortnight we since have. then. We have. We've got a lot to catch up about. Um, so oh. uh, how, 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 I mean, I, my Christmas was, was all right. Um, I, I, the, the, the main present I got from my wife was a Hoover. Um, right. But, um, you think, oh, God, that was really a present Hoover, for her. I mean, that's quite old school. Or, or, or was it one of the, you know, no. the, the newer brands? It, it was an actual Hoover, like right, a full-sized, okay. proper hoover and um but it wasn't entirely a present for her she bought it for me so i could have a hoover in my garden shed um uh which is getting a bit dusty and dirty so uh, what are you actually you expected to use it yeah, yes. what about the, the cleaning lady or the wife what, well, what's the cleaning, going on here well the wife obviously <laughs> out of the question um the cleaning lady um does not usually her duties don't extend to my shed um so she only she confines herself to the house um, so the shed is my responsibility. It sounds like you were victims of a, of a, of a feminist statement to me, Tobes. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly it was her way of registering her objection to the fact that I've sort of essentially moved out and into the shed. Um, no. Can you imagine when our wives divorce us, how utterly shit it's going to be? We are going to live like... I mean, this happens, I think, to all men who get left by their wives. They just end up living in a kind of iguana's cage. It's, yeah. it's just like, because <laughs> yeah, we're useless. And they, and they have kind of like tufts of hair, um, which they've missed shaving, and, oh, and sort of that, scabs yeah. on their head that they, they can't see. Um, oh. and, and they begin to smell. And that's oh, awful, it's awful, isn't it? Awful it's prospect. awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got to tell you about, so uh, various Christmas disasters I had. So uh, one of the things, God, Turkey is so expensive, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I, I I can't bear all those people who say, "Oh, I don't like turkey. I, I I'll always have a, a a roast beef or a chicken." You know, I'm thinking, yeah, but you can do that every other day of the year. The point is that Christmas has its own special bird that you eat, yes, and that's that's yes, the tradition. I... So so don't care about what you think about turkey anyway. So I had a turkey as usual, but um, I slightly undercooked it on what yeah. on you know how ovens are uneven. Um, the, the, the sort of convection means that, if, especially if there's a bloody great turkey blocking it, um, that one of the breasts was was more, was 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 just, you know, a point. I'd say sort of well, pretty much right, but the other one wasn't, and it caused problems later, because like when you reheat it, it doesn't go quite as nice, and and right. then and then. 
the texture isn't quite right when you want to use it for leftovers and stuff. It was all a bit. I, th- I thought you meant when you said it caused problems later that y- your entire family came down with. Um, I was food no, poisoning. no, because the kind of Turkish we we, we buy tobes uh, would would never get disease. We we, okay. we we pay. I mean, I think I think my turkey cost one hundred nearly one hundred fifty quid. Crikey, Moses! I think yeah, ours yeah. was from Aldi, bought by my mum. Yeah, well, of course it was because that's yeah. because you went to a, a comprehensive school and. <laughs> uh, and you don't really know about that kind of thing. I don't know any um, better, James. But can I tell you about my other disaster? My other, so I I, I went um, hunting, um, and that was great. oh good, just 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 fantastic. Loved it. Um, my horse was was you know good as gold as as usual. Um, and oh yeah, I had, I had this great conversation with this girl with the, the girl who um, took a harling from the same the same stables, and I I, I brought the the conversation onto um, you know. Our, our favorite topics and I said how I how I I couldn't I couldn't envisage myself ever going to America again because it wouldn't let me in because I said I expecting a kind of reaction I haven't had the jab and she looked at me and said I've never been vaccinated ever wow meeting of minds there I almost <laughs> love hearts myself. yeah and imagine I mean a girl who likes hunting and hasn't been jabbed it was just like but you the good thing about hunting is that you can say whatever you like and no one's going to judge you because they're all doing this kind of semi semi-legal activity where, and they're all a bit insane anyway so you can get a, it, it, it's one of the things I love about it you're, you're, you're free to talk about whatever you want someone someone told me the other day that um there's a particular girl he's been seeing and he thinks he's punching a bit um, above his weight. Um, but the reason he's able to get this girl who's slightly out of his league is that um, she's a committed anti-vaxxer and won't won't have sex with men who've been vaccinated because she thinks they're somehow going to like contaminate her with the mRNA well, she's right. spike protein. I'd say it is definitely... Um, uh, these are good times for those of us who are, not only is our, our sperm worth an awful lot, awful lot more, um, but you're right that 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 for the unvaxxed girls, we are the only. So, so oh, that is the, that is the only ray of sunshine when our, so our wives if it, finally. If, if it hasn't been, if it hasn't been done already, someone should set up a kind of dating site for people who haven't been vaxxed. Because oh, I think they, I think they have. I think they're right, uh, they, they, they do okay. exist. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, and I think. I think I'm right in thinking there, there also well, jolly well should be um, blood banks for the the, the, the unvaxxed. Because I tell you what, if I had to have a blood transfusion, I would I would rather die than than get polluted <laughs> like, blood. So, no, I, I really like a would. Christian I mean, scientist. At, at, at this stage, two years ago, or yeah, two years ago, when the, when the, when the vaxes first started coming in. That would have been a sort of a controversial, crazy tinfoil hat statement. Now I think it's a statement of bleeding obvious, really. Um, um, anyway, so, so one more thing before we go yeah, yeah. On, to, on to other matters. Well, I, I want, want to, to tell you about, about my Christmas disasters too. Oh, tell, me, oh, tell me about yours first. And I'll tell you about mine. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, it wasn't exactly a disaster, but um, Caroline likes to rent an Airbnb somewhere between Christmas and New Year to break up the holiday. Last yeah. year, we went to Margate, or rather in 2021, we went to Margate. And that was a great success. Um, uh, so we're not talking about Courchevel or Barbados here. Um, and uh, and this year, we decided to rent an Airbnb in Cardiff. 
And uh, the reason for that was that QPR were playing Cardiff on Boxing Day. So we drove down on Boxing Day, dropped the bags off at the Airbnb and went to the stadium. And then we drove back on the 29th in time for QPR's home game against Luton. So our family holidays are now organised around QPR games. And if I was the only QPR supporter in the household, that definitely wouldn't happen. But because I've enlisted my four children in this sadomasochistic cult, um, Caroline has sort of uh, reluctantly gone along. Um, anyway, so but but the, the, the games themselves weren't well. The first game was a miserable nil-nil draw in a rain-swept three-quarters empty Cardiff Stadium, so that was not exactly a joyful occasion. The second game, QPR lost three-nil at home to Luton, so that was that was pretty disastrous. It was the second consecutive three-three-nil defeat at home, so um, uh, things aren't going well for QPR. It's a bit like so that TV uh, comedy, isn't it? The one that, about the team that you kept recommending. Yes, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. We're doing even worse than you Richmond are, Ted Lasso. United, whatever it's called. <laughs> if I, I'd love to take over the management of the team, I'm sure I could do a better job. But um, right. anyway, but the Airbnb, James, was by some distance the worst Airbnb I've ever stayed in. I mean, it's always a bit of a gamble. You know, because, um, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're relying on you're relying on, you know, the social contract on people's honesty. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the honour system. There's no kind of hotel inspectors of Airbnb properties. But they get reviews, um, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah. I, I wasn't involved in selecting this particular property, so I didn't look at the reviews. My, my wife handled it all, but I imagine they were, you know, they they didn't give the full picture. When we got there, James, and we were with my, you know, um, my mother-in-law who's knocking on a bit. When we got there, um, there was no heating in the house at all. And uh, we called up the owner uh, who just left after doing a quick tidy up and insufficiently <laughs> good tidy up um uh, and and he said oh oh sorry and he came out and he said i'm sorry the, the boiler upstairs had just broken like full <gasps> stop the, there was never going to be any heat in the on the upper floors um uh but he had kind of like plug-in like fan heaters but the boiler on the ground floor he'd just forgotten to kind of feed it it was one of those you had to feed the meter with a card you know and you had to put money on the card he'd just forgotten to do that so we did it we did at least manage to get the heating working on the ground floor but then it was like uh, it was like n- he'd done it himself. So he converted what seemed like you know um, three flats into one house. He'd sort of you know done a, a sort of pre-conversion. I don't know how you call it, but but it, and, and none of the doors actually closed because none of them fitted properly. Um, uh, the 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 furniture was kind of sub IKEA. Um, and the bedding and the kind of glassware and That's the cutlery. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I didn't even know that you could get, you know, duvets quite as rubbish as this. I mean, it, it, it was, it, it, it was, it was minus one tog or whatever the rate is. So it was just like pr- provided no heat, no insulation whatsoever, uh, which when the heating, you know, wasn't really working was quite made it quite tough, um, and uh, and it was pretty dirty. And if you looked under any of the beds uh, or opened the wrong cupboard, it would be full of kind of D- DIY equipment, cans oh, of no. paint, paint brushes, all that kind of thing. It was just, it was like carry, you know that you know carry on abroad when the carry on team go and stay in this kind of luxury yes. hotel and it's Spanish only hotel half finished. The builders hasn't been built and the Spanish built and they have an absolutely miserable time and everything that can go wrong does go wrong. It was like that. It was the Airbnb equivalent of the carry on abroad Spanish hotel and uh, and everyone was. I mean, it was it was so awful. It was comically awful. So in a how way, how long were you stuck you in? Know, 
this roach pit for? <laughs> Three nights. And 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 were you were you paying top dollar or were you? Oh, oh my god, James! It was um, it was somewhere in the region of fifteen hundred pounds. No. Three nights. I mean, yeah, I'm not kidding. Because I was, um, I was, I was, I was. My instinct was to, was was to assume that that you'd just been a, a cheapskate. But for five hundred no. a night, you expect five hundred a night. I mean, in Cardiff. I know you. You hit a. It's not in, like, like it's. London, the, the, the Cardiff Grand, you know, for for that amount, I imagine. I mean, we were we were with our four kids, my mother-in-law, and one of the kids had brought a friend, so there were eight of us, and I guess there were sort of six bedrooms, and it said it slept twelve, but that was only if you know, yeah, right, shoved three beds in a room. Um, but even so, yeah, it, we, and, and it was in a nasty part of town too. Um, but do you not like, feel you know, that Tobes sometimes as though your life um, since? Well, actually, even before university, it was maybe just an excuse to find material to write about. So, in a way, well, I, yeah, I know, well, that was the compensation. That was that was always the compensating factor. However, gas, whatever new ghastly thing we found out about this Airbnb, I just thought, well, it's just going to improve my spectator column when I write a a review of this place. Um, that is, so, that yeah. is definitely a, a good column. Yeah, 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 definitely but good that's, column. Oh. Horrible though. I'm, 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 I'm. I mean, I'm actually shuddering. I'll bet the, I'll bet the sheets weren't um, Egyptian cotton either. I, oh, I, I bet they were. They were the kind of sheets that if you get in too quickly, mix. catch fire because um, oh, no. static electricity is so. And hor- do, but do you not find as as you get older? I certainly. I'm. I'm definitely at the age where I, I'm very intolerant of any bed that is not my own. And really, it has to be a super king if I'm if I'm going to share yeah. it with with yeah. anyone, e.g., my yeah. wife. Um, and 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 then I get I get funny about little little gaps in the in the in the the curtains where you, the yeah. light comes in from outside. Yeah. I, I'm I'm very neurotic about pillows as well. The, yeah, I don't know what the pillows in this place were stuffed with, but it, it was not goosed down. I think it was lumps, chunky lump, lumps, uneven and chunky lumps of foam. Um, it was. It was just. It was. It was. It was impossible to sleep on this but, Tobes, tiny are, bed with no adequate duvet on a kind of uh, padded piece of kind of uneven foam. It was just. In a, in a, if you move too quickly, you know, you get an electric shock. We <laughs> we are not a, alone here, Tobes. I, I I have a friend who's who's about our age who was um, in the SAS, and his last posting in. Afghanistan, he took his comfy special pillow with him to try and ease the misery of his. What, what my wife would call whenever I bring my pillow anywhere with me, she she, she refers to it as day boy behaviour, uh, yeah. as, 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 as sort of a private school term of snobbery that I, borders Yeah, use yeah, for, well, we for... did look down on day boys, it's true. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's perfectly acceptable. Let me tell you about my terrible an- uh, injury accident, which was not suffered in the hunting field. Um, touch touch wood um but was um i took my i've I've got my little granddaughter who is three and a half over um and i took her to the the playground to try and distract her for a while um and there were swings and stuff and it was great and there were even some goats in the neighboring field so that was very exciting something to something to you know take up another 10 minutes um but there was also a roundabout, and it, I, I was really pleased at first. It was a really good, robust roundabout that went really quite spun round quite fast. You know, it wasn't it wasn't all rusty or slow or anything. So so 
there was it wasn't too sort of elfin safety it, it got up a good speed and i got on it and as soon as i got on it i started feeling really because I, I, I was getting a, got a, i got a good spin speed on I, I started feeling really quite rotten and, and I sort of went with it because I was thinking, you know, I was with my granddaughter and my job was to be having a good time with her and stuff. But I've been feeling terrible ever since. It didn't just, it didn't just last, you know, uh, 10 minutes. It just, it, it's so far, almost 48 hours later, I'm still feeling really, really ropey. And I think it's a form of vertigo it's got some initials and and you you get it when you're older old people get this get this thing and there is a there was supposedly this this exercise thing this 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 protocol you can you can um adopt where you put your head one way on the bed and then the other and then you roll over and and somehow this clears the the crystals out of the eustachian tube or something but i've been trying that it hasn't really worked um so I'm I'm hoping, but it it, it 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 was it was something I did not expect at all to happen to me over Christmas to, to suffer well, roundabouts. Yes, that's why I tell dizziness. my children I won't when they want me to go to you know Thorpe Park with them and ride the roller coasters. I say I'm just too old to do that. That's dangerous at my age. Tobes, I, I'm I'm absolutely dead serious. If there is one service this 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 today's podcast can do for our listeners of a certain age, any anyone I would say are older than forty five. Do not go on the roller coaster. Do not go on the roundabout. Just forget it. There are there are the, the consequences could be too horrible. Well, at least at least the accident involved you and not your granddaughter. Before, wait, before we, before no, we talk no, what happened, no, I thought, no, oh my that god, would be much better because because when they're three and a half, they can <laughs> they just bounce. I, I, I they recover. True. I think no. I'm my sympathy is all with me. I, I think it's very sad that it should have happened to me. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, James. Yeah. I, I I had to say I haven't had much of a break because. Um, because I'm sort of I effectively now run two companies, the uh, what Skeptics Limited, which publishes the Daily Skeptic and the Free Speech Union. And um, there is still work to be done um, during the holiday period. And I don't want to ask any of the employees to do that work because, you know, they need a break and I don't want them to get fed up and go go and work for somebody else so i have to do the work that they would normally be doing um to kind of keep things ticking over so in the case of the free speech union i spent a day preparing a kind of end of year newsletter about uh, everything we'd achieved in the previous year and it's now on the home page of our website asking people to donate or to join but it's something you need to do if you're you know a campaigning organization you need to brag about what you've achieved in the past year and make a renewed call for donations so i had to do that but in addition um Will Jones, who's the editor of The Daily Skeptic, deservedly wanted to take the period, you know, over Christmas off. Um, And so I've just been doing The Daily Skeptic every day, you know, doing five or six, seven posts and doing the news roundup and making sure it gets sent to all our 17,000 subscribers. And that is that's Will's full time job. So I've been doing essentially a full time job and then some. So, you know, when people ask me what my Christmas has been like, I say, yeah, I had a bit of a break. I've been doing the work of one man instead of two. Which is absolutely true. I thought, you know, yeah, it's not but if an exaggeration. You've got 17,000 subscribers. You must be doing pretty well, Tobes. It must be like a, a you must be, you know, not, well, short, not far the, short of Fox News. Well, they're not news. paying subscribers. Oh, is it? Um, but it but doesn't cost anything to subscribe. But, um, but, but yeah, I think it is doing well. I did ask, I put out, I, I did ask for, I, I put out a plea for donations um, on Christmas Eve um, at the Daily Skeptic and the readers have been very kind and uh so that that, that, that has worked out well um so i'm not complaining 
Um, and anyway, and, and, and as of tomorrow, um, well, as of today, actually, Will has been back in the saddle. So um, I've been able to write my spectator column and record this podcast in preparation, James, for another QPR game this evening in which we're playing Sheffield United at home. And I'm absolutely convinced it's going to be we, we've, we've just had four consecutive home defeats. And this is going to be the fifth because Sheffield United are second in the table and we're now Fourteen. It's so, it, it's uh, good to hear that your your editor is a hunting man. Who do, who does he who does he ride with? Who does he hunt with? Oh no, he you didn't go back hunting. in the saddle. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I, I was using that as a metaphor. Ah, oh, I see. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's our Christmas. Uh, uh, joke. Should we, do you think we ought to have an ad? Uh, one of our should ads. We, should we have an ad and then we? Uh, shall we should, do? Should we, should we hear from? Um, should we hear from our, uh, our, our one of our one of our most loyal sponsors, Thor Holt? If you, like us, have heard enough of Thor's dad jokes in 2022, rest assured, he's promised to begin 2023 more sensibly. So he sent in some short bits of feedback from a couple of his clients. The first feedback note for Thor is from a company owner that employs him as a non-executive director to help it aggressively scale up and exit its Yorkshire-based business. The owner of that business says, Thor you're underselling yourself. You do what you say on the tin, but better. You've absolutely turbocharged me, properly stoked my fire. The second note is from the owner of a multi-award winning Scottish IT firm. She says, Thor is like Marmite. Love it or hate it. He's honest, authentic, funny, clever and super talented. We have laughed and cried and it's just amazing at what he does. If I need help with strategic presentations, I never go anywhere else. I feel fortunate to always have him in my corner. I hate Marmite, but bloody love this man. Read 80 more client recommendations exactly like that and connect with Thor today at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt. That's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt, all one word, T-H-O-R-H-O-L-T. Happy New Year, Thor. Can I tell you a Thor story, Tobes? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I was, um, uh, Thor's been, Thor's been um, doing some advertising on the, on the Delling pod. And um, I, I, I kept forgetting to read out his thing. So I kept missing out on my, on my sponsorship money. And, and I remembered to do one. And it seemed to go on quite a long time. And I, I, so I sent him an email saying, Thor, can I, can, can I kind of ad lib a bit? on your on your podcast maybe on your advert maybe shorten it a bit and thor was was very protective of his of his of, of his of his product he, um he's he, he thought was obviously quite proud of his of his words and didn't want me interfering with them too much which i was i was surprised with i thought that um i thought he'd just let me sort of you know say yeah no, yeah, he, he stipulated when sending over the text for the latest ad, please read every word as written. Um, and, and, he and, to, and, and did he ask for you? Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't specify that, I don't think. Um, oh. uh, uh, I actually, I, if, I, I don't know whether he's going to be happy about this. When I read out his advert, his, his latest advert, I, I was reading out some, a, a comment from a manager in Yorkshire who deployed, who'd, um, employed his services and halfway through i thought oh i'm going to try a yorkshire accent and i started doing a yorkshire accent halfway <laughs> through um but you know what my accents are like Tobe, so i think it could be very interesting 
Okay, I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, he didn't ask me to not do the accents. Um, so I no, think I, we like your accents. Business. Your yeah, accents are really good. Yeah, but I think my thought was quite good. I think uh, when, anyway. when your when your two businesses go to shit, you can you can make money as a voiceover. I can't. Oh, or, I or said, reading audio books. I can employ Thor to come and rescue me as a ghost non-executive director. Mm. Um, so, um, James, are you doing Veganuary? I only learned how to pronounce that yesterday um, from my daughter. I thought it was Veganuary, but uh, the G in Veganuary is hard, apparently. So I guess that's pretty obvious in retrospect. So Veganuary, um, uh, it, it, I read in the mail that one in eight... 18 to 24-year-olds are doing veganuary, which means going vegan for January. Although the I male did... I don't believe anything I read in the, in, in, in the mail. <laughs> I'm sure it's completely made up. Probably they were fed the information by the, by the vegan society. Okay. It's, it's all rubbish. I don't know where it comes from. There's nobody, um, nobody... Look, you only have to... Uh, here's, here's my favourite factoid I learned today. Yeah. Um, in June, I think it was, 2021... The share price of you know that horrible stuff Oatly, Oatly that the, the, the it's made of oat milk, i.e. you know oat juice and it and right. it and it purports yeah, to be that... a substitute for, for milk. milk. Yeah, and I remember they really pushed their marketing hard. They, they they get loads of shelf space in 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 Waitrose, and I remember at Glastonbury one year they were really pushing the Oatly thing. You know there was a, there was a coffee there was a a place which did really good coffee, but you could only get it with with this oat stuff, and it was it was perfectly okay. But the the packaging was really smart, really really almost sort of triumphalist, like like we vegans scum. What's so a we vegans are going to take over the world? It was it was it was it was almost it was getting on, on for that. Anyway, their share price in in the, I think June twenty one was about twenty five dollars a share. And I think it is currently about one dollar fifty six a share. Right. So it's right. worth it's worth getting on for well, one twelfth of what it was worth. Right. Is that because um, it's absolutely revolting? It's perfectly okay, but like all these all these meat milk substitute products, it's actually aimed at a market that doesn't really exist. It's still a niche activity. They're trying to persuade us that. That, that that somehow they can by pushing this stuff will suddenly want it, but yeah. happily they are subject to the same laws of supply and demand as as any egg or or real meat company, and I, don't, yes. I just don't think there's a demand for it. No, it's kind of woke food, isn't it? It's like um, it's the equivalent of being lectured by your plate. You know, I mean, like, why it would is. anyone pay for that? And, um, uh, you know, in the privacy of their own home, maybe if they're at a restaurant or something, and they're trying to impress their date. But why do you want to be lectured by the food you're eating, you know, in front of the telly? Um, it, it, it's like expecting people to click on the kind of educational documentary about, um, you know, the migrant passage um, rather than troll. The new disaster movie from Norway, which we can talk about later. Um, oh yes, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it's like when people. I mean, you often see pictures of the kind of vegan sections in big supermarkets, in which you know everything is sold out everywhere else in the supermarket. You know, apart from the vegan section, which looks very well supplied. Oh, it's, uh, but it's it, going to be like that. It really will be like that. When when there are food shortages, you will find you will find that everywhere will be clean, cleaned out apart from that that section. Absolutely yeah. right. To get, and yeah. they're always in the bargain Insect. basement section it, as well. 
you'll be able to get yeah insects and snake burgers they'll, they'll be plentiful but if you want meat forget it um anyway so that's veganuary done um uh, i i did you see that um uh, i thought we might talk about the um new year new year's eve fireworks or new year's day fireworks i don't know if you saw them on the bbc um uh, but, Tobes, uh, I, actually... I went to bed at 10 o'clock i did I, you that is how 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 much I think of New Year and New Year's celebrations and stuff. I, I, I can't believe people who actually spend New... Well, I can't believe people who actually go out for New Year and and, and have to publicly celebrate. But even people who, who say things like, oh, I think I'll just stay at home and, and watch the celebrations on the telly. Why? Why would you want to do that? It's just insane no go to bed and ignore it treat it like any other night is, is, is my advice we didn't go out we were in, we were invited to something around at one of the neighbors but we thought in the end we just we'd, we'd be better off at home so um we also didn't want to get drunk so um we stayed in and shared a bottle of wine me and caroline and was it good wine um it was quite nice wine yeah and it's going to be my last bottle for a for a while because i'm i am doing um dry january you do um, that so don't I, you because you do I have do a that, bit of a problem yeah, with your drinking. i got a bit of a problem so i need to i need to edit, i need a i need a month off and I'm, one of my new year's resolutions maybe we can get onto new year's resolutions but one of mine is to try and drink uh no more than four days a week on average over the course of the year um my wife actually managed um to get it down to three days a week she averaged three days a week over the course of 2022, which is impressive. Um, but I'm not, I, I think that's too, that's too high a target for me. So I'm going to go for four days a week. And I'm going to include January in that when I calculate that average. But anyway, um, so we stayed up anyway and uh, with the kids. And um, we tuned, uh, tuned into BBC One at about 10 minutes to midnight in the hope of seeing, you know, <laughs> Sadiq Khan's fireworks display. Um, and first of all, James, we had to put up with this absolutely ghastly singer whom i'd never heard of called sam Ryder. have you heard of him no he had sort of long what what looked like ironed blonde tresses going down to kind of below his shoulders with a sort of center parting and he was just unbelievably smug and pleased with himself and talentless he looked like he was lip syncing um to various songs and i've i've never i i've never i've never been one to object to cultural appropriation before i've always thought it was a kind of an absurd idea because you know um there are very few cultural artifacts which aren't some mixture of different cultures colliding you know um but um he actually sang a cover version of um the stevie wonder song um uh what's it called no um uh uh uh, uh, oh god anyway it's it's all about his um it's all about his childhood um uh and um hold on i'll get the title i'll get the title now um it's uh it's called uh i wish and it and it and, and, and it opens looking back on when i was a little nappy headed boy when my only worry was for christmas what would be my toy um uh, and it's all about kind of being a poor african american child living in the projects in the inner in an inner city in america maybe philadelphia and um and you know to first time i thought this is cultural appropriation why is this ludicrous kind of um uh you know uh, uh, blonde, locked, 
idiot um pretending to be stevie pretending to, pretending he was brought up in the projects as a nappy-headed boy um it's like it was just it was and it was just sick making he's just awful it was just kind of it really put put it kind of just really depressed me to see just how ghastly sort of bbc one popular I know, entertainment I mean, that on sounds it. quite cool to me Chebs. <laughs> it was awful James. i mean, I mean and, no, then, and then the fireworks a lot of people a lot, a lot of I, the I white people actually uh, well i I, I doubt it. I, I don't suppose anyone noticed. But anyway, um, uh, the the um, the fireworks. Um, whether they had like a, they, you would have loved them, James. There was a kind of pride section in which you had kind of uh, different all the fireworks make up all the colours of the rainbow. And then there's isn't voiceover. that what the fireworks do anyway? <laughs> well, but it was sort of arranged in the right sequence, and there was oh, a voiceover really? saying London was proud to host the twenty second uh, Pride festival this year uh, and then there were all these kind of messages about and there sort of big, big gay people going we're here and we're queer and we're not going anywhere and then uh, and then after that there was a kind of uh, it was immediately followed by um uh the queen like a tribute to her madge and kind of drones forming a kind of um picture of her mad of, of the queen's head wearing a crown like on a stand really um yeah what, i thought in, that was pretty tasteless in, in the skies that there was in this... the sky yeah drones in the sky making up a kind of three-dimensional bust of the queen's head and oh, then and then and then and then and then, and then and then it transformed into charles uh, you know the nose grew and the chin receded a little bit and then uh, and then uh, 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 and then and then he sort of chose like, we only we only have one there only is one earth there is no planet b and it was just ghastly green environmentalist gobbledygook and i just thought oh my god i i i just i felt like an alien in my own country james first sam rider then this kind of ghastly virtue signaling fireworks display uh which had sadiq khan stamp all over it it was just even the royal stuff which was you know intended presumably for the tour the handful of tories in the audience you couldn't help but use that to shove in a green message it was oh god james it was look up look up project Bluebeam to, to to see where all this is all all this is heading the, all these 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 weird projected images in the sky i'm glad i'm glad i missed it i'm glad I, yeah no you did <laughs> you did well it sounds to awful. Get a better well, and, and, and were they was there any fun element to it were they were, were they good went on for work? far too long no i mean they you know they, I mean, they're always quite good um but it went on for about 20 minutes you know, right. I, I think th- there should be a time limit on fireworks displays, don't you think? I think 20 minutes is too long. Um, I would have thought 15 yeah. is the absolute max. Anyway, yeah. um, I got bored and turned off after a bit. Um, but um, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a fireworks display planned for the beach at Scarborough for, I think, the entire town of Scarborough. And it was cancelled because they found a walrus sleeping on the beach and they Do didn't it. want to disturb the walrus. But that walrus has been there for ages. <laughs> Apparently, it's called like it's got a name. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's well known to the locals. Yeah, he's he's a he's a local character. Anyway, they they the 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 the, the, the animal loving, politically correct, environmentally appropriate council officers decided to cancel the fireworks play. Disappointing, you know. 
thousands of children who'd stayed up and kind of queued for hours so as not to disturb this sleeping walrus. Um, but Matt Ridley um, did tweet something quite um, good in response. He said that uh, when he first visited Svalbard, in 1978, there were fewer than a hundred walruses there, but today there are over 5,000, which is little wonder then that they're turning up so regularly in the UK. And he pointed out that um, whales, elephant seals, penguins, polar bears are all doing well. There's never been a better time in the Earth's history for polar wildlife. So, uh, so much for uh, global warming destroying global wildlife, polar wildlife. Anyway. Um, um, I can't remember whether I, I, I saw a... I, I've been to Svalbard, and I can't remember whether I saw a walrus or not. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure there were that many. I didn't see a single polar bear, because they'd, they'd all been killed by man's selfishness and, and greed and refusal to amend his lifestyle. It was very sad. Mm. By the way, have you seen um, this... Sorry, this is just flashed up on my screen. This... this, this the, the first non-binary vicar. Uh, see, yes. See the priest. Bingo... Bingo. Bingo Allison. Bingo who, Wings. Who yeah. looks like a man to me, but it's got long hair and calls, <laughs> they call themselves they. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about when, when they... And, and three children. Yeah, well, and he says, he says in the... Oh, sorry, they say in the Daily Mail story <laughs> about them. And incidentally, the Daily Mail always respects the kind of preferred gender pronouns. Why do they do that? Non-binary and trans people. I guess uh, how many how many daily mail readers do you offense? think are, are just craving for, for people not to be misgendered? Uh, I wouldn't I have thought many mail readers will com- would complain. So do you, th- do you think the mail is in the business of just goading its readers all the time? I don't probably. know. I guess that I think it's probably. I think the the Sun too uses. Oh, the, the Sun! So sun's they, so woke, they, it's not true. Well, anyway, um, but yeah, in the in the in the mail story about bingo. That's the C of E vicar, um, uh, the non-binary vicar. Um, There was um, they said that when they came out to their wife, um, it didn't go down particularly well. No, I'm sure that's the understatement of the. I think how much we are in with our spouses. I think actually, if 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 we said that we are to be called we they (laughs) from now on, and that we are not a man anymore. Do you, think, yes. do, you think, do you think they can still have have sex? Is that allowed? If, you, if you've uh, got, yeah, I don't know. If you've changed um, your gender, you would have thought, yeah, the wife it would be within her rights to say, look, if you can't decide whether you're a man or a woman, uh, I don't yeah. want to have sex with you. You know, I make up thought. your mind. Yeah, but 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 seriously though, what, the, I mean, I, I know I know the Church of England is has long ago fallen, just as the, the Catholic Church has fallen, but. But what do they think they're playing at? Do they think that the the dwindling congregations in the Church of England, or all the people who are thinking, I might go to church, but I'm, I'm not sure about it, are now going, well, finally, finally we can go back to church because they've got a man with long hair who calls himself they. Do, do, you, th- do you think people are thinking, well, phew, this is what Jesus would have wanted. 
Or yeah, do you think they're uh, going? I, oh, I'm not having I, any of that. That's that, that's it. That's it's over for me. That's the final nail in the in the in the in the cross. Well, I think I, I think um, I've often puzzled over this, James, because um, the Church of England has been almost completely captured by the woke cult, yeah. and I always assumed that what made people vulnerable to woke capture was, you know, it filled a God-shaped hole in their lives. It gave them a sense of moral purpose, which was otherwise lacking. But you'd think that, you know, vicars in the Church of England wouldn't have a God-shaped hole, that they would have a sense of moral purpose without that void needing to be filled by kind of woke gobbledygook. And I think the way I square this circle, I mean, there are two ways you can do that. The first is you can say, well, you know, maybe woke Church of England vicars don't actually believe in God, so they do have a God-shaped hole. Uh, presumably that's not a disqualification these days for becoming... I, I think it's very much not. I, I think it's a very <laughs> inclusive church, the CV now, and, and certainly non-believing vicars atheists are, are, can be yeah atheists are welcome <laughs> atheism is not a disqualification for no. becoming a church of england vicar so there's that but also i think they think that it's a way of making the church relevant you know they probably worry that the church is a bit male pale and stale they resent the fact that it used to be known as the tory party at prayer and they think they will broaden their congregation make the church when more you say inclusive they. Who do, you, who do you mean? I mean, the, bingo. Sort of... I mean, bingo. No. Um, I, I mean, um, well I, be. I, 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 well, I suppose, I suppose that, the... yes, I suppose the, yeah, the, 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 the kind of um, the, the ruling class within the Church of England, uh, the bishopry, is that what you call it? Or the, what's the, what's the, what's the collective noun for bishops? Anyway. Um, I know, the, uh, the senior, senior clergy. I, I know, I... it's ag- agnostics. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so I think I think there was that there was a, there was a, there have been a few of these stories this Christmas, but there was one about how um, a vicar had rewritten a verse of "God rest ye merry gentlemen," and it was sort of about uh, "God rest ye queer and questioning." That was one of the lines, and I think they I think they imagine that 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 that, that they'll have you know they'll see more bums on pews if they become more inclusive and try and reach out to kind of marginalised parts of the community. And they see it as part of their Christian mission as well, I imagine. But I don't know. So just finally on this point, James, um, Mm -hmm. Tom Holland in, um, I think in Dominion, makes the point that that there is a certain continuity between kind of uh, the Christian church and the kind of post-Christian woke movement in that they both um, venerate victimhood and weakness um, you know, that's always been part of the Christian tradition. And if you read Nietzsche on the shortcomings of Christianity, uh, he could easily be writing about the woke cult. Um, a lot of the things he a lot of the criticisms he made of Christianity, that it's uh, that it venerates the weak and the dispossessed and makes a virtue of victimhood and being put upon, preyed upon um, uh, uh, and undermines kind of, you know, rugged, masculine individualism. Uh, all of that's also true of the woke cult. Yes, um, no, I, I, I get the I get the intellectual theory and, and, and it is an interesting comparison. But when it comes down to it, it it's a horrible, horrible, grisly pastiche, isn't it? Yes, I yes. Mean, it's extraordinary that these people are well uh, I mean I suppose it's happened everywhere to every institution so I suppose we shouldn't be surprised but it is it, I mean, it's amazing that every, every year they manage to come up with, with some new hideous aberration of which bingo is the latest 
anyway yeah, that's right um, no it, it is it is it is like a a pastiche of christianity dreamt yeah. up by a cruel satirist yeah it is um i suppose we ought to have our next um ad, we probably we? should and it's your turn james yeah it is it is uh whether like james you leap well that, oh, that, that's me isn't it whether like me you leap hedges on your 18 hand hunter or like tobes you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash what do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping. This would have been a disaster, but now you can whip out your phone and call the Family Emergency Service, that is, the Live-In Care Company. Call 0118-914-5300. The Live-In Care Company.co.uk does exactly what it says on the tin. The Live-In Care Company, run by a fellow London calling listener, rocks a 97% five-star trust pilot rating. The Live-In Care Company believes your family should be cared for at home by carers who actually care. We do not believe a synthetic and potentially locked-down environment of a residential care home can hold a candle to -to one-to-one care in your own family home. As one amazed trust pilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. The company contacted us very promptly and had a carer for the position within a couple of hours. Absolutely amazing service with a very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch. This company is by far the best we have used. Get in touch via www.theliveincarecompany.co.uk or ring us for a no obligation conversation on 0118-914-5300. We'd love to help. And this is an extra testimonial. Just wanted to let you know that we've just employed the Living Care Company to provide a carer for my in-laws in Edinburgh. I heard their advert on your podcast a few weeks ago. Had never heard of them before, but they were exactly what we needed. Might be worth them advertising with you again. I imagine your audience is exactly the right demographic. Is it Capricorn yet, James? Uh, not quite. I think oh, we're okay. almost there. Almost like there. Um, well, we could. Well, I, I just wanted to talk about the kind of um, how Netflix has become, you know, the the Harry and Meghan channel. Um, I, 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 I mean, presumably you you managed. I don't to, know who these people are, Tobes. So you have to. You managed, you managed to body swerve their six part documentary about being poor, beleaguered victims of the royal family. Um, but they, they're about, they've just released another documentary series called Live to Lead. Um, And um, they've done it in seemingly in collaboration with the Nelson Mandela Foundation in South Africa. And it's all about inspirational leaders of which Nelson Mandela was one, but they've got others like Jacinda Ardern. Um, uh, It's uh, and there there was some there was some others. um, Who else? Uh, uh, Oh, Greta Thunberg. Um, And I think they've got like, you know, like 12 of these inspirational leaders in these this 12 part series and and either Meghan or Harry does the little intro at the front and they don't actually do any of the interviewing of these inspirational leaders that's left to some other poor drudge and it feels like they were kind of roped in at the last minute to kind of give it a bit of kind of showbiz razzmatazz um but uh yeah and okay uh, so 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 non-stop Harry and Meghan documentaries now on netflix but in addition harry is going to he's 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 given an interview i think to um uh uh, itv about his new memoir spare which is coming out in like next week i think um uh, so he's already embarked on the kind of publicity tour 
for Spare. And and Megan has just announced that she is writing a memoir of her own. I mean, it's like uh, from a PR point of view, if I, you know, if I could give if I could give them a little bit of advice, wouldn't it be better to spread these things out a little? You know, release the documentary series, wait at least a year, release the second documentary series, wait another year, release the autobiography, wait another year, release the second autobiography. But to do it all within a kind of two week period seems seems a little bit, you know, a little bit rushed. Um, so uh, anyway, I'm hoping that they fall flat on their faces um but um i think their documentary i I regret to say um the one about you know um being the victims of the racist royal family um i think i think that was the that's the highest rated documentary series ever on netflix so that's quite depressing that is i i I was i was sort of zoning out until you told me that tobes um that is that is really shocking if true because one one doesn't trust any of these things where where is this information coming from from their pr can't remember where I read that. It was on that wasn't on that. It was in one of the newspapers. I mean, if there is genuine demand for this 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 crap, I, I would be very very worried about. And at the same time, kind of thinking, people have everything uh, that's coming to them in twenty twenty three. They they totally deserve it. If they, if that's really how bad the world is. Well, we were going to talk briefly, weren't we, about whether twenty twenty three is going to be better or worse than twenty twenty two. I wanted to kick off that discussion by i don't know if you saw dan hannon's column about this uh, it was very good so he used to he, he always writes a column on new year's day and he used to write he used to style himself you know a rational optimist and he would quote from matt ridley's rational optimist yeah. and from stephen pinker's the better angels of our nature and rattle off these stats um illustrating how things were just getting better and better from a health point of view, longevity, infant mortality, prosperity, etc. Um, uh, but now he says he's become a rational pessimist and he rattles off all these new facts which uh, suggest we're going backwards and that actually um, in, in, by all those metrics the world peaked around 2011 and it's been going downhill ever since and it's going to accelerate. Would, uh, I mean, it's not like I haven't been saying that for the last three years, Tobes. Come on. I know. But there was a great meme I found to illustrate this piece, James, which was um, it's like a an open like a flatbed truck with two portaloos on the back. And the flatbed truck is labelled 1920, sorry, 2022. And it's about to go under this low hanging bridge. And there's a, a an open top sports car behind it. And it's clear that the bridge is going to knock these <laughs> portaloos onto the sports car onto this glamorous couple in the sports car and the sports car's labeled 2023 um so yeah you you, you 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 don't hold out much hope for 2023 you think it's going to be worse by an order of magnitude yes um yeah yes i do i but but i find i find it so so depressing that it's almost like i don't want to go there really because i mean to be honest I, I, it's always it's always very hard to get the timing right here i thought that i would be dead by now um you know if if, if, I, if i'd been predicting a year ago i thought i thought it would be over um so this is why i'm trying to get in get in my jollies while i can you know do as much fox hunting as i can get away with um, this is like for you this is like extra time an unexpected bonus so you can just relax and enjoy it because you thought you'd be dead by now a, 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 a bit, yeah. I mean, I, I have a fairly clear idea in my head where this is going. And it's all in, in books like Revelation. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think at this point we can do much to avoid it. Well, so, apparently yeah. it, Nostradamus was pretty 
pessimistic about 2023. This is, again, according to the Mail. Um, but he predicted, you know, a global famine, war, pestilence, all in 2023. Um, I, I think his some of his predictions are quite hard to interpret because he used a different calendar. So it's not always obvious what year he's talking about. So I think you can be quite kind of flexible in your interpretation of exactly what he was saying. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but, James, you, you saying that... Um, you find it almost too depressing to think about um uh that rang a bell because i don't know if you saw but poor old mark stein had two heart attacks um uh in december i think uh which is why he's been off the air on gb news yes Um, i think he's holed up in france um because he can't travel because he's still recovering from a second heart attack um but he he I, i listened to um uh, a broadcast he 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 sort of he gave a sort of podcast for his sort of Mark Stein club um from his hospital bed in France in which he he'd been advised i think by his by his wife to kind of focus less on how the world is going to hell in a handcart um because that's clearly stressing him out and may have been a contributory factor and if he's going to not have another heart attack and he's going to recover from these two he needs to chill out a little bit and stop um stop stop thinking about how grim everything has become and how western civilization is in the process of um decaying decaying and blowing up um uh, but he said um but once you've seen it you can't unsee it you know it's once known it can't be unknown so i guess it's kind of poor advice to say to you lighten up stop think stop being so pessimistic things might get better james if you carry on thinking this way you too could have a heart attack because i guess once you've once you've just once you've kind of once you've gone down the rabbit hole you can't climb out um th- th- that's true what once once you see you you cannot um unsee um on the other hand i mean the uh the the, the bible doesn't join us doesn't it just to, to sort of um focus on focus on jolly things rather than rather than um in one of in one, it, is it philippians or is it it's philippians isn't it um philippians 4 tells you, oh, to, you to, to to focus on to focus on, on 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 good things and try not to be depressed by stuff so um yeah yeah i think have you it's, i i i think i think it is pretty much in the public domain isn't it that mark stein had had both of the death jabs i don't because, know I, I i don't think that is in the public domain but i, I think um, I, there's been much speculation i'm pretty sure he's had he had both jabs and I think that because he's far too young to be having him, mean, he's our age, isn't he? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he should not be having heart attacks. He, it, he's, not, he's not an obvious at risk category person. And I think that I wonder actually whether the heroic work he's been doing, talking to the vax injured, is, yeah. is, is him waking up to I guess that, I guess buyer's remorse. And, and, and maybe. And, and that could stress you out, I suppose, if, um, if you talk to a lot of um, people nursing quite severe vaccine injuries or who who are no it's not stress toby it's it's the actual vaccine that will have that will have made him (laughs) the vaccine that isn't a vaccine surely you you can't be at the stage where you're still doubting (laughs) well i don't think uh, well who knows i don't know if he's been vaccinated i don't know whether it's a contributory factor but uh, he hasn't mentioned it yet um uh, in in any of any of the things he said blimey i I would be i'd be i'd be talking about it non-stop if I um, thought I'd been tricked into taking this dodgy, anyway, whatever. Anyway, should we move on to Culture Corner? I've got a few. I've I've, I've seen a few things over Christmas. What about you? Um, yes, 
Yes, I have. I, I have seen some things. So, so why don't you go first? Okay. Um, well, I saw um, uh, the Glass Onion, which which is the sequel to Knives yeah. Out. Yeah. What a load which, of shit um, that was, eh? What a load of rubbish. Yeah. Absolutely uh, absolute rubbish. awful. Unwatchably awful. I don't. Know if I, I don't. Know, I barely managed to sit through to the end. It was but just the thing which. One, one thing on. about it, I mean, many things about it annoyed me, but one thing which annoyed me was, um, you've seen it, right? That that number two. We probably... I saw. I saw half of it, and and thank goodness I did not. Okay, I think we can discuss it without without giving away any spoilers. But um, in the in the in, in the opening scene, when the kind of very well, it's not quite the opening scene, but the second scene when all the people um, that have been summoned by this eccentric billionaire, who's clearly supposed to be Elon Musk, when they've been summoned to his kind of Greek hideaway, um, the Glass Onion, to participate in this kind of murder mystery, um, they all arrive on the dock of I don't know wherever it is the. The Greek mainland to get the boat to his private island, um, and they all arrive with masks on, and then one of the kind of um, butlers or something of the of the billionaire comes around and sprays something into their mouths so they can then take their masks off. And I was thinking it's a bit odd. They're supposed to be kind of you know, e- even even the even the kind of uh, mastermind Hercule Poirot figure played by uh, Daniel Craig, unquestioningly, unquestioningly allows this henchman to kind of spray some unknown chemical into his mouth. And I thought, is it, is it a plot device? Are they going to start dropping dead? And is it going to be blamed on this chemical that they allow to be sprayed into their mouths? But, so it's kind of weird. Uh, but but it, it's not followed up at all. And I, it, eventually I realised the only purpose of this little kind of uh, interlude was to kind of explain why they're not wearing masks in the rest of the film. So yes. it's like it's like reassuring the audience of kind of paranoid people in Hollywood um, who are going to be voting for this in the Oscars. Um, that We're not disregarding masking advice but we have come up with this brilliant device to enable the characters to discard them without it seeming as though they're saying masks are ineffective yes and it was like it was just so annoying i mean uh, that's why they just didn't have them they could have easily just had them not wearing masks and not referred to masks but they had them uh, turn up with masks and then this weird spray and then they took the masks off it was like so annoying Um, i find the whole concept of that even the first one i thought was just like americans do agatha christie and not Mm. get it get it quite right uh, this this character, this this detective, played by the James Bond actor, Daniel um, Craig, Daniel Craig, Benoit Blanc, yeah, um, Benoit Blanc, yeah. It, I mean, it, what's, what's that about? Is he supposed to be gay? He is supposed to be gay in the in the opening scene, um, or one of the opening scenes. Um, he he, you see him living with his husband, who's right. played by Hugh Grant. Ha ha! Funny in joke. Um. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, he is supposed to be gay. I hadn't got that in the first one. But maybe it was there, and I've just forgotten oh, it's it. Just but yeah, so he's gay. smug and tiresome and cabal. That the, the whole the whole thing. I'm sure it's full of horrible, horrible sort of Illuminati messages. If you if you if you bother to sit there and analyze it, it's that they're horrible. These things really really nasty. And I didn't like being funneled by netflix into the trap of watching this this thing. i know because it, it was the yeah. number one item over christmas wasn't it yes it was heavily promoted yeah. everyone watched yeah, it, it was and just awful yeah, yeah you felt cheated at the end you felt like um you know you, you kind of 
you, you, it was one of the one of those whodunits in which you're kind of trying to piece everything together logically. You know, you're, you're enjoying the the puzzle element of it, um, uh, but then nothing fits intellectually at the end. So the great reveal at the end makes absolutely no sense at all. And you think, well, why have I been wasting my time trying to puzzle this out? You know, the scriptwriter and the filmmaker are absolute morons, and they've taken me for a moron too. Yeah, it was annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's well so good. I'm glad we dispensed that one. So did you see anything that was good? Well, no, I saw something else bad. I saw. Oh, oh good, um, that's even better. So on, on, um, I think it was, uh, it was on the day before New Year's Eve. We decided to sit down and watch a movie as a family, and um, we decided to watch The Swimmers because it, it, I thought it would be a sports movie because it's about these two Syrian sisters who escaped from Syria in like 2017, and um, and then one of them went on to compete in the Rio Olympics. You know, she managed to kind of find a Sounds trainer awful. when she eventually kind of arrived in Germany and made it into the into it made it to the Olympics in 2018. And I thought, well, you know, I love a sports movie. Sounds like an inspirational story. Um, uh, and so we also my like my wife as a big sports movie fan too so we all started watching it and it isn't a sports movie at all it's a civics lesson about why we should support refugees oh no um, so like it's like it, they were like a kind of disney kind of Dis- they're disney refugees so they're kind of like they're, they're all kind of women or children um and the men are all incredibly good looking and kind of protective of the women and children i mean they're, they're not they're not refugees from albania they're refugees from central casting um and uh, uh and it's all about the kind of the way in which they're preyed upon by you know very and how unsympathetic the authorities are and how they almost drown at sea and it's all intended do. to make you empathize with the plight of refugees and be more kind of uh, welcoming to and it's probably uh, anti-Assad as well I'll bet oh yes yes yeah. well I, mean, that, I didn't object to that part but um, well that's because you don't uh, know <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about I'm sure if they made it now it would be about Ukraine it doesn't actually to, t- to tell the truth it doesn't really get into oh there was a Ukrainian I forgot this there's oh, a Ukrainian no. dimension to the um, fireworks <laughs> display on New Year's oh, Day oh, so no. there was a kind of gre- green and yellow kind of firework bit and a kind of voiceover about the brave ukrainians yeah you would have loved that bit james um uh, but anyway so so yeah they didn't get to the sports movie bit until the last 15 minutes and and i'm gonna give away a spoiler here yeah do one of the sisters she doesn't qualify for the syrian team because the syria doesn't doesn't you know put forward a team to the rio olympics because it's a failed state at this point she qualifies for the refugee team which is a kind of virtue signalling gesture from the Olympic Committee. And she wins her heat. And you think, oh, well, you know, finally, the, the bit you've been waiting for, the inspirational bit at the very end, like she wins her heat and you think, oh, well, maybe she's going to go on to actually compete and get a bronze or something, you know, even though everyone thinks she's just there because she's in the refugee team and not because she'd actually properly qualified as a national contestant. Um, and uh, But she wins her heat and then the movie ends. So she clearly didn't get any further than that. Um, it's like the least inspirational sports movie you're ever likely to see. And it's not a sports movie. It's a, it's a civics lesson disguised, gussied up as a sports movie. So I have really cheated by that one too. And it, 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 even my wife, who is much more, you know, liberal and um, uh, uh, sympathetic to these kinds of positive pro-migrant messages than me even she hated it so yeah it was don't watch that so what about you give me your give me give me another well one okay so, so the, the thing that I, I i don't like christmas 
programs. I don't like Christmas specials. I want. I, I got put off Christmas specials forever a few years ago. By do you remember Only Fools and Horses? Which back in the day we all used to watch the same TV programs, didn't we? Really? Yeah. 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 And appointment TV. And but towards the end, they had a Christmas special where Del Boy um, has a wife and and has a has a a baby has a baby. And I remember sort of vomiting so much in this episode that I never wanted to watch a Christmas special again. Anyway, I I broke my rule and watched the Christmas special of Detectorists. Oh, they call the midwife. <laughs> Detectorists. Do, do you, did you ever watch Detectorists? Yeah, the Detectorists are pretty good. Um, it is. It is gentle comedy, but it's but it's but it's funny gentle comedy, and it's yeah. really well acted by. The, the bony bony faced one from Pirates of the Caribbean who used to be in the office. What's his name? Yeah, um, don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll remember in a minute. Yeah, I know. And, and Toby Jones, the other one, who's um, yeah. in lots of other things. Anyway, it was it was really good, and it was not it, it it was not saccharine, and it was not sentimental. Not you know not 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 so not so as you 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 puke anyway. Uh, I'd really recommend it. Um, the mistake I made, uh, uh, so that's my recommend. The mistake I made, I had to do my my TV shows of the year for the online, for Spectator Life. And there was one show that I hadn't seen when it came out because I was Mackenzie Crook, that's his name. And I dredged it up from my memory. Mackenzie Crook. No, it, 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 I really recommend that. In fact, the whole Detectorist is good. Oh, uh, but although they did, they did, by the way, nick a, um, a, a trope. Uh, or a plot even from Bernard Cornwell involving the Holy Grail. Do you, have you, have you ah, you've read his? Holy I have Grail. read. I've read the Holy Grail trilogy, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it's called. You remember the story about what happens to the Holy Grail? Anyway, they, they, they yeah. sort of they they they, they nick that. Okay. They riff on that slightly. But it, but so it, do it, they it, find it, the Holy Grail? It just sounds a bit of a spoiler. Do they find the Holy Grail in the Christmas special d- of the Detectorist? Sh- d- oh, don't 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 because I think people should watch it. I think you've um, already you say just to me. You've already given it away. Yeah, I know. Anyway, yeah. Most people haven't read the Bernard Cornwall Grail okay, Quartet, okay, okay, okay. as it became. But so here's the thing: um, I had not seen. Maybe you've seen it. A series that was on the BBC about three months ago called The English, which yes, was a, a West yes, Emily Blunt. I watched the first one and I couldn't quite get on with it but i'm told that it's worth sticking with because it gets a lot better no no the opposite so okay. emily blunt i'm uh, a big fan is, of emily is, is 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 yeah she was she's she's definitely fanciable um Good so she plays well. an aristocratic daughter who goes out to america uh, for some for some confected reason or other and there she saves the life or almost saves the life of a a Pawnee Indian who's been working as a as a, a, a cavalry scout, a U.S. cavalry scout, for some unaccountable reason, and um, he then saves her life uh, when she's about to be raped and murdered by Kieran Hines. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, anyway, they then form this bond, which becomes a sort of romantic relationship, and I was quite enjoying the the the, the sort of the the wild west de-glamorized strip bear and slightly hallucinogenically violent element that you get out of a good Cormac McCarthy novel. Mm-hmm. But you've got this whispery voice, oh, and we have this special relationship. And it's it, it the scenes where Emily Blunt and this 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 Indian are chatting away, um, 
around the campfire of an evening. They're like an extended bloody therapy session. She does not talk like a Victorian woman at all. And they're constantly sort of sort of examining each other's feelings. And I, I, I couldn't bear it. I mean, I enjoyed the ultraviolence, um, but the, the schmaltz was just horrid. Uh, Absolutely horrid. Yeah. I don't. I don't recommend it. I, well, I mean, so you don't recommend it. Maybe, maybe it suddenly detoxifies itself in episode three, but I doubt it. So okay. I'm, I've had enough of that. Oh, I, I, I managed to watch um, episode one of Slow Horses season two. Oh, it's um, so but good. My wife has forbidden me to watch the rest of it because she wants to watch it with me. It's okay, um, Tobes. I can help. I've, I've seen all six episodes. And I can tell you how it ends. Um, no, please. So, no, please what happens? No, don't. wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, anyway, so I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that with Caroline. Um, it's really good, uh, especially the bit in, in the, where the plane... <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Oh, wait. <laughs> we did, we did, um, we, we did go and see Avatar, um, uh, 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 the, like, uh, in the run up to Christmas. So we, every Christmas we, 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 we go and have tea at the Woolsey as a family. And then we go to a movie afterwards. And this year we went to Avatar and, um, we didn't go to the 3D, we didn't go to a 3D performance because that makes both my wife and my youngest feel sick. Um, so, um, it was perhaps slightly less immersive than it might have been, but I still thought it was quite good. It was too long. It definitely could have been an hour short. So it's longer than three hours and it ain't as good as the first one which is pretty epic um but it was still okay i still quite enjoyed it and the family enjoyed it it was a reasonably good choice for a family movie and our friend mark miller i don't know if you saw his comments yeah he it, rates it he, he was he rates it yeah he was like it's something different you know and um, he particularly uh, admired the, the the final third he said it's very very difficult for these films to get right the, the, the final third which, yes which is a good observation it's true that almost all true. films yeah. disappoint but a kind of yeah, kind of boring CGI fests. Yeah. Um. But the blockbusters. But um. Yeah. But this, I, th- I thought the final third of this film was easily the best third of the film. Um. And oh. Maybe once you once you get all the action. A bit like. Um. Do you remember? Do you remember, remember Ned Sherin, the um. Yeah. The, the, the Ned Twinkie, as he was known. Ned Ned Twinkie used to go to my old church in London, Chelsea Old Church, and he used to turn up. Right at the end of of um, just so we could get the math, get the um, get the communion, and you know, wouldn't right. bother with the stuff in the middle. In the same right. way, perhaps one could turn up to, to just to get the final yes. the final yeah. third. Yeah, it was it was sort of um, it, it it it's woke ish, but it's not woke enough for the woke. So it's woke ish in that, um, like the first film, um, it's a metaphor for the kind of colonization of north and south america by these kind of um rapacious europeans um and the navi are supposed to stand in for kind of the indigenous peoples of both north and south america who were uh, brutally um uh, exploited and as they were by the invaders as they were hmm. um uh, and so, so and, and and you know and and, and clearly um, uh, you know, all the audience is entirely the audience's sympathies are expected to be entirely with the poor, put upon indigenous uh, species, and um, and not with the kind of uh, gung ho marine like American militaristic invaders um, who were just there to kind of rape the planet of its natural resources. So there's a kind of green anti capitalist decolonizing kind of subtext to all of it it's not even particularly subtextual it's right there in your face um but um at the same time that's not woke enough for the woke who've complained about cultural appropriation even blueface the term blueface has been used uh, to describe <laughs> what james cameron is up to because of course the navi are blue uh, and you do have you have kind of 
some of the some of the kind of the, the better natured colonizers um become the navi by entering their bodies via these avatars um and that's cultural appropriation and they end up you know it's 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 a white savior trope because the hero ends up leading the navi to victory at least in the first film over the kind of invaders but he's actually a white he's actually a white marine so that's that's white saviorism right there um, I'm, quite, but, so, I'm, I'm sort of sort of half tempted to go some people we know I, uh, not me because i haven't seen it yet went they they made sure to get completely off their faces on weed before they went and they went with the purpose of entertaining themselves you know seeing seeing how it worked and apparently it worked very well um yeah. i imagine it would I, I once saw 2001 a space odyssey on magic mushrooms and that was a pretty mind-blowing experience oh okay yeah, well, um, there you go. So that's, but, that's, that's but, a recommendation. Uh, but, but alongside this fairly aggressively woke narrative, um, the um, the central character, the White Marine, who's now kind of become permanently sort of fused with his um, Navi avatar, so he can't go back. Um, he um, he 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 has a he 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 gets married. He has a family. They have like three kids. And and he and he and he's it's a pretty patriarchal setup. So the, 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 his sons call him sir. He runs it like a military unit, um, and he talks about and he, he takes his role as provider and protector very seriously. So alongside this kind of anti-colonial, anti-capitalist kind of pro-green narrative, there's this kind of fairly traditional portrait of the nuclear family and of the role of the male in the family which is quite conservative um so even though you're not supposed i think i think you're supposed to think he's gone a bit too far um with uh, with trying to impose this kind of you know squad like model um well on, i, I on, you remember but, i told you last week about about james cameron that we were trying to decide whether he was a goodie or a baddie yeah and I told you a story about somebody who, to- who who had told me that James Cameron would not had told him that he would not let anyone from Hollywood, any actor or, or producer or director, anywhere near his home unless he'd vetted them carefully, because Hollywood is so right. riven with evil. And I, but I, I was I, I felt awkward about telling the story because I couldn't remember whether it was somebody who told us who. Um, you know, I was being indiscreet, but <laughs> right. but I've suddenly remembered that actually who it was who told me it was my friend Jonathan Miles Lee, who um, I'm sure wouldn't mind me telling it now because he's dead. Um, and um, yeah, because he 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 worked out in Hollywood for a while and befriended the, these people. And yeah, so I think it reflects well on on James Cameron that he yeah. knows how yeah. evil Hollywood is. Well, he clearly has um, he clearly has um, some good ideas about. Um, being a good provider and good protector of his family. James, um, before we, I, I think we ought to go. But before we do, I, 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 I wanted to apologise for, some, for something I did rather naughtily on, on, on a previous podcast. Um, do you remember we were talking about Christmas movies, our favourite Christmas movies? Yeah. And I said that one of my favourite Christmas movies was Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> By, yes, you did. Yeah, you Darren, were being sarcastic, Aronofsky, yeah. and somebody somebody took me at my word. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and actually watched and, it with their family and, and, on Christmas Day. In, indeed, indeed. <laughs> oh, I, no. I, I think this was the. <laughs> I, I feel awful. But you Why said it. Take... But you, but when you were talking about it, you, I mean, they can't be listening very carefully because you you described some of the more harrowing scenes. I, seen, I mentioned the double dildo whatnot. scene. I do not yeah. see how a double dildo can possibly be in a Christmas movie. I mean, no. surely. <laughs> Maybe in Bad Santa, but yeah. Um, 
But anyway, I, I'm so, I apologize to the family of this person who who, who watched this <laughs> harrowing film about <laughs> drug addicts yeah. selling their bodies and everything for for, <laughs> for their addiction. Uh, so I, 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 I've still got the, one of the BAFTA movies I haven't watched yet is The Whale, which I think is Darren Aronofsky's latest movie in which about Brendan Noah. Fraser no. makes a comeback um, uh, in a fat suit. Um, and it's all about being so fat, it kind of makes it difficult to kind of have relationships with other people and particularly your family members. I think he's estranged from his daughter. It's supposed to be very good. He's, in, he's nailed on for the Oscar because even though... He's he's a white guy um, and seemingly heterosexual. Um, he, he nevertheless wears a fat suit. So he's sort of playing a handicapped person. I think that's still even now. I don't think that, is that sort of the is that is that appropriating a disability? Is that a sin? Maybe you're supposed to hire someone who's really fat to play the fat person. I don't know. Um, but I think he's probably nailed on for the Oscar for this performance because apparently it's very moving. Um, he, 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 you know, he, 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 he quivers like a jelly in a very moving scene towards the end apparently anyway I, I think I'm going to watch that one I'll tell you about it next oh, week oh just one more thing but when you watch when you get round to watching Slow Horses um, you will I, I, I just want to as a test for you I want to see whether you can spot it there is one character playing one role that I would suggest the character has been chosen for diversity reasons rather than acting ability uh, and, it, and, it, and it stands out and I, and I think it's unfortunate it's only, it's only a cameo it's only a small role but I think I'll be interested to see whether you can spot it okay. I think I think it's counterproductive because what it does is it sort of focuses one tension on, on, the, on the bad acting rather than on the anyway there it is okay um, alright good well happy new year Tobes happy new year James and uh, yeah I hope you recover from your roundabout oh so do I it's horrible don't go on roundabouts after the age of 45 I definitely won't I definitely won't be doing that anytime soon okay all right James happy new year okay bye bye this is London Calling Ricochet (laughs) Join the conversation.